0: You're listening to the Fox and the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine crossdressing experience. The Fox and the Phoenix podcast is now a proud recipient of two 27th Annual Communicators Awards, garnering audio and podcast distinction for individual episodes in the categories of society and culture and diversity and inclusion. I'm Savannah Hawk, crossdresser and author of the Living with Cross-Dressing book series.
1: And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of foxandhanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women.
0: Hey, Julie.
1: Hey, Savannah.
0: Hey, guess what?
1: What?
0: Well, this is a very, very, very special Thursday episode recording. It is. It is, and there's a reason why. Because it's uh, you know it's a special day, or it's it's the culmination of a special day.
1: It is, and to be fair, I thought that I was going to introduce the special day.
0: You go right ahead.
1: All right, thank you. you Because suddenly you wanted to, and I'm like, but I thought I was because it's your special day. So, everyone. Savannah did a thing. A thing. kind of a a thing. That's kind of a big deal. It's hmm. kind of like historical, if you will. Mm-hmm. She gave a drum roll, please. TEDx talk.
0: X X X X.
1: She did. <laughs> and today's topic is all about picking her brain. Oh, good. And discussing. Everything about it. I know you don't like to, t- you're already like blushing <laughs> so, yeah. and just like your body <laughs> language is just like all, all uncomfortable, mm. but this is your time for me to pick your brain okay. Because it's not you don't just go up there and give a talk, right? <laughs> There's steps. Like, how did yeah this happen? they don't Tell us yeah like they anything? don't
0: yeah they don't pick you up the street like the day of and say hey you you got a topic huh? sure I will talk for a minute. <laughs> um, no, not like that. But when you said you pick my brain, it's like I, it's been such an arduous journey for me in a good way, in the best ways. But it has been the most compacted, deadline-driven, mm. stressful exhilarating it it touches on so many emotions and we'll get into it
1: and can you remind us like tell the audience how many days it's been since you've given this talk
0: yeah five days this is is day five TEDx talk plus five yeah
1: yeah so this just happened basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay continue Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I'm just saying I'm a mush bag right now it's uh it's it's been highs and lows all over the place but I do want to go back to the beginning. And if this has been like a bucket list since I've known you, mm-hmm. because you made me dream bigger. And I blame you, Julie Rubinstein, for making me dream bigger. Um, I, mean. I mean, I'll take that blame. Um, so it started with me on LinkedIn looking at other People I've friended, and a couple of them, like, oh my God, I did my first TEDx talk, and I'm like, oh my God, I want to do one too. Enter Jennifer Meyer,
1: Mm, who said, Meyer, shout out.
0: What, what, what? And uh, she said, I can help you do that. And I'm like, what? You can tell me more. And so she has a business that is catered to grooming and prepping and submitting your TEDx talk. So she and I had a couple Zoom calls and just kind of like she picked my brain, like, you know, what am I all about? What, what am I thinking about? What did I think would be a good talk? But what do I want the audience to take away from my talk? And really just dug into, you know, the mythos that is Savannah. <laughs> so you were sitting there and you know, I had some ideas and, you know, we kind of like, basically she and um, a colleague of her like wrote it all down. And then they built from all my input and all my essays I wrote for them, answering the questions prior, they built the actual submission form, which is very involved. Lots mm-hmm. of questions can be a little bit different depending on who you're submitting it to. I think might be a couple questions a little different. And once we finalized it and we all were in agreement and in love with what was being said, she started the journey, Jennifer did, of whenever a TEDx submission cycle would open up, she Mm -hmm. would submit it. You know, a TEDx is an affiliate of TED.com. So every affiliate that was like, hey, we're looking for submissions, she would submit it each of those venues and just wait for me to get a call back.
1: So I just have a question. So for anyone who's ever dreamt of giving a TED Talk,
0: mm-hmm.
1: can anyone on their own without hiring someone, can anyone just fill out one of those forms if they have a topic? That's my the first part. OK. And the second part is, if that's yes, I'm wondering, it sounds like this is the equivalent of like hiring a, a talent manager mm-hmm. or someone who can do all those extra things who knows yes. when to submit and how and those are kind of something that comes from adding someone to help you rather mm-hmm. than doing it on your own so right who knows the ins and outs
0: right uh to answer the first question is ironically it wasn't until after we started this process that i actually saw one on facebook that it was an open call for a very specific tedx venue and i'm like Mm. and it says hey we're looking now you know i was like i was very very surprised to see that like a casting call like an open call for submissions so i had not seen it until after i started this
1: algorithm like they're stalking (laughs) us no i know right
0: right i know they are I
1: i will have a conversation with someone for example today it was tampons and then (laughs) <laughs> Lo and behold, there was this whole thing about these men who created this glove to like remove tampons, but they hear you and they see you. Yes. Right. So it's like, as soon as you went through the process, of course, you're going to see all this for submiss- right, submissions. Right. 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 Like,
0: but it was my first and only that I would seen as an open call but that was because i didn't know what to do like you said she's like the talent agent knows all the ins and outs knows where to go knows when the submission cycle's open and she could recraft if there were any kind of differences between what we agreed on if there was other things to be done she would handle that and basically i sat back let her work her magic and lo and behold soon thereafter i got a second call the north carolina State University TEDx contacted me uh by email and says, Hey, we really like what you're doing. I know it's late in our cycle, but we would love to learn more about you. <sighs> and I'm like, What oh my god! I'm freaking out. And I responded I said, Absolutely, I want to be involved. Tell me. So we basically got on a call with me and I think six of the curators and directors. Uh, I was, I was. Um and I think I don't remember if I dressed up. I think I was Savannah that night. They basically just asking me questions. Same thing I had said, what's your pitch? What do you want people to get out of it? What's your focus? How do you yeah. think this is gonna be received? And like, really you have to know what you're trying to do. I think if there's one thing to take away, it's not that, well, I don't have a good topic. It's not about what you think, if it's relevant or not. If it's relevant to you, that's most important, but they wanna know in the broader sense, what can people either specifically or in general take away from your talk? Right. And how would that enrich them or make them think or ponder or whatever it is that you want them to do as an action after hearing your talk? And so they asked me questions mm-hmm. and then at the, and, and it was like every person had a turn and they got to ask right. me questions and I answered, you know me, I'm pretty decent on the fly. You're, and, you're
1: all right. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. And, kidding. Um, you're great.
0: But at the end of it, one of them who was leading this specific meeting was like, yeah, Hey, uh, we love what you did, but could you get us uh, more of your life story? Like by the end of the week, could you get this all in scripted format? And I was like, "What?" cause it was, like, <laughs> it was like Tuesday and you, can know, you work build
1: on- uh can you go <laughs> climb Mount Sinai and just, you know, do yeah, just,
0: things? just, yeah. Look for Noah's Ark while you're there. Exactly. Um, you no, know, what happened is uh, Natalie, uh, she's a, a director of the group, and she had asked me a question and I really felt I didn't nail it. So after the fact, I sent her a whole bullet pointed list that I thought better expressed what she was asking me.
1: You and did then I, great. I, you know, like I'm, a well, <laughs> I'm a brown noser.
0: I'm a brown noser. And also I was like super excited to get a, I didn't want to blow my chance basically. Right. So then at that point, Ryan said, Oh, can you do me a favor? We love what you did. Thanks for like giving me that outline. Could you make it like a full script and really dig into your life story? So that was when I had like two days to do, to figure out how to do it, what it should look like. What does a TED Talk format theme read as? And basically did a a half outline, half life story, half you know here here's my resolution and closing opening narrative uh explanation persuasion all these like sectional themes i had to like kind of figure out and build and then submitted that on that that friday so i had like two three days to get mm. that done it was and crazy submitted. Well, the thing, the reason why it's so crazy is because I was so late in their cycle. I was bumping up against a wall that was already had been there for people. They had inquired about a month or two before me. So, But
1: something that you have yet to mention and something Mm -hmm. that I know you went in knowing is that giving a TED talk on a topic such as Mm cross-dressing is not something that TEDx has seen before. You actually looked it up, right? So this is not only were you giving bullet points and crafting your story, but this was the first.
0: As far as I knew, yeah. You could go to ted.com and do a search for anything you want. And yeah, I could not find anything that had the word cross-dress in it at all. I Mm -hmm. found a lot of gender, a lot of transitioning, like parents of trans kids, or transitioning late in life, a lot of transitioning transgender-centric topics. But not cross-dressing at all.
1: And how did <laughs> so, you feel?
0: Freaked out. Um, yeah. For me, this was like, oh my God, if I'm the first, and what if this is the only time I ever get to do this?
1: Right. What if
0: this is the one and done that I'll never have this chance again? So fortunately or unfortunately, I just took the weight of all that. If it's only me and only now, it's got to be perfect.
1: And what's the flip side of that? Like, if you were to change your attitude and make it into something a little more positive and light, <laughs> well, the and gloom, I'd say.
0: What well, that was, say? but that was just that's my internal struggle. Thinking that this could be the one and only, and I wanted to be perfect. But then the idea, the the positive side, the outgoing mm-hmm. side, is saying, "Wow, I'm going to be the first." right and this is going to be like on the TEDx stage and this is going to be seen by one person or a million people and it could be viewed and it was a, such an opportunity such an amazing opportunity that one that this team wanted me based on my submission and were really happy to like have me as a part of it yeah. um and that was amazing
1: it's really it's a big deal cuz not only will you are you representing the first of this but you're you're speaking for all cross-dressers i feel and so many cross-dressers are going to be able to see you and be like wow they will be able to dream big Mm. they will you will give them permission to dream big and to say wow i have a story i could do that and so that's really my my thoughts when it comes to you being the first is not just taking in all your fear about that and not just the fact that what this is going to do for your brand and for you becoming that household name that just expanding on that dream or that goal but you're giving people out there who are in the closet so much hope that Mm -hmm. they can also do something like this because i know that i've dreamt of a ted talk i know that giving a TED Talk is one of those bucket list things that many people have. It's kind of like writing a book. Hmm. And it's just like how many TED Talks will will get buried with the person because they never took that risk. They never felt like they had a place. So you're creating that space and that place and giving them permission to, you know, you could do this too. I might be the first, but let's not make me the last. And that's really powerful.
0: Yeah. I took that all shouldered on, both in a positive way and in a, I'm freaking out because you know it's it's me. It's huge. That. And that was a big response. I felt it as a big responsibility. So I took it as a big responsibility. I didn't like say, eh, I'm just gonna phone it in or I'm just gonna wing it. I put heart and soul into this and uh, so and subsequent. It's petrifying.
1: Oh yes. Like <laughs> like I'm not trying to minimize your fear because I mean you th- that that's what courage is. It's it's being so scared shitless and doing that thing anyways, like you did the thing, you put the preparation in, but I guarantee, correct me if I'm wrong, that the whole time you're kind of shitting your pants. Like you're kind of like, Oh my God, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Whether you're in the zone or not, there's this, I know when I was writing a book, there was this, I'm doing it. I don't know how, but I'm doing it. It's being produced. Like I've never Mm -hmm. done this before. Like suddenly you knew how to craft something. And this is how I knew that it was divinely guided, I feel. And like you were ripe and you were ready is the fact that you rose to the occasion. Yeah. You handed something in that was beautiful, polished and ready for that breakdown. And just from going on this journey with you, there were so many times where they wanted a different story. You, like you really had to think on your feet about how to adapt to what they were saying. And then there's all these different opinions and figuring out Am I telling my story? Mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, all all through the way, and I'll say Jennifer Meyer was amazing because she was there for me after, you know once once I got picked up, yeah, you know, like, hey, once I got picked up for the talk, yeah. you know, then it was like now the development started. So they right. had a curator from the team. Her name is Nalea, and she was my curator. We would go over the script and come up with ideas and mm-hmm. and kind of go back and forth. You know, I would finish it and I would resubmit it and then everybody would put notes on it. And then I would send it to Jennifer and she would give me notes. And you're right. I struggled with people wanting changes because, Mm -hmm. and I thought I would be like way more evolved when it came to it because I've written books, I've taken on edits and I've been like, kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, of course, you know, it makes sense. Oh, wait, no, I, I believe this way. I have a firm opinion or not and i felt that this would be the same but for whatever reason i think it was just the pressure Mm -hmm. and not ever having done a scripted by memory talk before on a stage i mean i've done conferences and i've had a powerpoint presentation behind me so i learned it but i always had my notes like on the board behind me and if i flubbed it nobody cared because you're just in the room with me. And if you know, you're you not going to remember that I flubbed up that line, you'll remember the, you know, what I was saying to you. And this is like, oh my God, this could be immortalized on film and edited and everything I screw up is going to be there forever. So I took that as <laughs> it's a lot of angst, but also the, the fact of like, every time there was a change, it always seemed to come with a very, very fast deadline take it in, and I bristled. I would be, I have this thing I gotta do by tomorrow. It was like, no, you want me to change everything about this script? Right. And, I, and I would take it very, very personally. But I will say, everybody that had input, everybody, top to bottom, uh, once you look at it objectively and you kind of get over your like over yourself thinking that your your word is perfect, and it might be perfect in your head, doesn't mean it's perfect to everybody else, then you realize it's like, wow, this made it better. Or how do I take this thing internalize it, make it mine, and then make it better. Right. And and it took, it was a journey. It was actually a very surprising journey for me to have to go through all that, to do that. Then luckily,
1: dun, dun, all, dun.
0: luckily, uh, about three, maybe a month ago, I would say, they also paired me with a Dale Carnegie speech coach.
1: Dale Carnegie.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You say it as though it's something that's very prestigious. It is.
0: So Dale Carnegie, this was an actual school specific in this case to this woman's study for speeches and speech writing. Awesome. So her name is Kristen Pellegrin. And she, this was her first year and she got paired with me, probably just roll the dice. And her and I clicked so hard so fast we all we had like the same brain half the time mm-hmm. and we worked super super collaboratively I mean she would I'd say I don't understand this or I, I don't like this and we would talk about it for like 20 minutes like this story the idea and then she would just swoop in with like well, what do you think about this it's just a perfect symbiotic
1: relationship and that's amazing that's it what was. you need
0: for yeah, confidence I, I did. And she was that person to really take it above and beyond to make me know that it was going to be awesome. Right. And we worked so collaboratively, I never felt I was sacrificing some of my voice for it. Mm hmm. So we would we would work on it, like you and I are on Zoom call, and we would talk, and I would retype, and she would take notes, and I would try to say it, and then I would freak out because I hadn't memorized it yet. And I'm like, I got 15, 17 minutes, and I don't, how am I going to memorize all this? And then she's like trying to tell me, listen, just learn your beats. It'll all come with you. You know, you, you, you'll kind of riff it, but you'll know it. She was a, definitely my coach. And I would love to do more projects with her as well. So we did that for a while. So long story short, we went through all these processes of getting it finalized, submitting it, getting notes, redoing things, submitting it, recrafting it. So then, so there's the TEDx talk this past week, Saturday. No, the prior Saturday was the rehearsal in Raleigh, North Carolina.
1: Shout out.
0: I was... uh mostly prepared. I spent the entire drive. I had actually recorded myself doing the speech and then I had it on my car the entire way, getting it all absorbed and reciting it. And Kristen was there. She showed up for my rehearsal time. And I said, yeah, I think we're good. It's like, it's, it can't be over 18 minutes, but I, I, you know, when I read through it, it says it's 12. Well, I freaked out. I couldn't breathe. At the beginning, Mm -hmm. I was in charge of my own slides that I also created for (laughs) for the talk. So that was another thing I had to do before rehearsals, make sure I had these slides ready. So I created a a set of slides.
1: As if you didn't have enough.
0: I know. I think the graphics came out awesome because Judy actually stood inside my closet with her hands coming out on the doors And so I took that picture on my phone, and then put it into like my my uh, my Over app and my uh, just into Photoshop, and like made it really snazzy. I think so. I thought it came out really good. And it went with the theme of crossdressers, monster in the closet. Yes. So hopefully they keep that. that I still don't know if they're going to keep that title going forward, but that's how we started. <laughs> so she was there and I finally got it finally in tune and I would stand there and I had all my notes. My entire script was all laid out on the table in front of me and I would lose my place. And just like when you look at your watch to see what time it is, and then you look up again, and you still don't know what time it is. I did yeah. this several times. I'd look at the script look up think i got it and then completely forget what i just read and i had to go back to the script so i looked like i was dancing up there you know yeah and they were they were recording it for the rehearsal so i could see how i did well uh when we were done i got applause that was very thought that was very sweet and i got very emotional at the end it's very personal the ending for me has to do with my parents and um anyway so it's a very emotional thing so i finished up and they said, hey, how how did you feel? How was this? I think I did pretty good. I know, you know, I, I have to work on it. And they said, hey, how long was it? And so the uh, Natalie, I think, was a timekeeper. She says, 29 minutes.
1: Whoa. <laughs> so I'm I sitting there.
0: stopped. Yes. And I'm sitting there. And actually, everybody in the room and Kristen and me are all looking at her going, are, are you messing with us? No, 29 and change. I'm like, oh my God, I would have never guessed I was standing here for 29 minutes. I never would have guessed it was that long. Everybody was kind of flummoxed that it was that it was that long, and which is a good thing because they were so engaged with what I was doing. They weren't thinking it was boring. They weren't thinking it was too out of bounds. So they were engaged and enjoyed it. And I had great feedback afterwards. Apparently, I was ad-libbing so hard toward <laughs> the last third that I got very passionate and there was a couple lines in there that are kind of not accusatory, but they could be. Mm-hmm. And the more passionate you sound, the more accusatory they sound. And they kind of oh, made yeah. notes of like, hey, yeah, you might want to, you know, not say that because you're <laughs> trying to it get you reeled in. in. You want people on your side. So don't make it like they're the villains. I took every note. Um, they said we should get rid of this entire section of, of story. And I'm like, absolutely. I didn't make mm-hmm. any sense once I actually did the the actual talk. Um, for the rehearsal. So yeah, they did a lot of cool things. I loved every every moment. I loved every comment. And even one of the, the other members, was, I was looking at her when I delivered my final closing statement. And it was about my parents. And I got choked up. And even though we're all wearing masks, I was behind glass. So I didn't have to wear a mask. But everybody's wearing a mask. You could see in her eyes that she was feeling what I was feeling. And she mm. even asked me she didn't have a comment about the speech she says well what do you want your parents to do you know what what do you want the outcome to be there so she was actually you know on a heart level asking me like what should parents do and what how should they act and what should you expect and what would be the right thing and uh yeah it was just a beautiful day it really was with that and um yeah and then it was like what the hell how am i gonna get this 29 minutes under 18 uh, in a week and that yeah. was, <laughs> and it was, it was a mad dash to the finish line to get it trimmed in a way that felt like it could be 12 minutes and then be able to memorize it within two or three days to have it ready and be able to deliver it on stage, mm. uh, under the 18 minute mark. And, uh, yeah, it was a rough week. I think I I've lamented to you a few times about, you know, how stressful it was during that week. Um, yeah it was something and then the day of i drove to from south carolina to north carolina again and uh stayed the weekend again and uh basically just stood out there that you know when i got in there it was like when i went skydiving
1: mm. when i went
0: skydiving for the first time and my boss was like i'll go with you and i'm like shit i was just talking in my head you know, i, was, I didn't think anybody <laughs> would like take me up on it but i freaked out the entire time but the day of the skydiving I kind of got into a Zen place. And the day of the actual recording, I kind of was in a Zen place. The problem is the lights are so bright up there. Mm. And it, like, its I don't know what it is. There is no audience because of COVID, but all the team members and production crew were there and they're all behind the cameras. And I still was deer in a headlight. because being Literally. On that, literally, because that being on that stage said everything. And I'm on that dot. I'm on that red dot going, oh my God. I got to do this right. I got to do it perfect. I got to do it for the people. Mm. And it was, uh, we had two run throughs. So even though it was recorded, no audience, three cameras per recording. So many views, they they said I could stop anytime I wanted. If I lost my place, if I flubbed it, I could, you know, stop and then start again, you know, where I wanted and they would all just edit it in and it would, you know, it would flow. And it still didn't make my heart not palpitate.
1: Right. <laughs> The moment had arrived Mm -hmm. of all your preparation and all your, yeah, all your angst and all your, I mean, this was the moment to do the thing and you had prepared as much as one could prepare and editing, as we know, is a beautiful thing. And the fact that you had room to kind of, even if you did lose your place or even if there was the worst case scenario, that they would take the best of the best. And so they had a lot of material to work with. And, but the point was you earn this you were ripe and you were ready for your moment and when you were giving the talk like how did it feel did it feel out of body did you feel totally grounded and connected shocked
0: Uh, I think it was still in my head a little Mm -hmm. because I was so still very worried about the words and Making sure that all my callbacks were in there and all the beats were right and I didn't miss anything. Had I had a teleprompter or anything like an earwig that'd be like, all okay, right next like any kind of like next line, next line, new time. I I just I needed like that just little safety net. And I think mm-hmm. if I had that, I would have been like just completely ID. It's just all I know is if somebody can feed me just two words, I'll I'll be right back on track. So I didn't have that. So that was added pressure to me because again, this is in an arena that I've never been in. I've never done stage performance. I've never done anything by memorization. I've always, you and I are always riffing when I do my conference speaking engagements. It's always with plenty of materials behind me and around me to refer to. So this was a brand new thing. But I will tell you that before we got started, they have to mic you up, right? So they mic mm-hmm. you up, they put the, the mic on your lapel or someplace on your on your butt. And uh, I didn't have a belt and I didn't really have a collar. So the guy's like, oh, where should we put this? And I'm like, well, why don't you just unzip me? <gasps> and then you could just clip it between my shoulder blades like on my cami and it could just sit there. I said, "It doesn't. you don't need a direct line of sight to it, right? And he's like, no. So we'll just put it there. So he starts unzipping me. And another one of the team members is sitting like in that kind of audio area. And I was like, oh, call HR. She's like, what? I said, because this guy is undressing me with his eyes and with his hands.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so he didn't know what to do, but he, he fed it in there and it got and it looked good. He actually put it on my Phoenix on the chain. So my oh, necklace actually has the mic. I had books. my my power blue Calvin Klein sleeveless dress.
1: And if you don't know what it looks like, please think again. Just grab the second book of Living mm-hmm. with Cross Dressing, and there, there she is. There the she drone. is, sitting
0: on a stool with that same blue yep. dress.
1: Same
0: and it's it's and I do love that dress. Here's here's another little anecdote. They have very specific restrictions about what to wear. Yes. Don't wear black, don't wear red, because those will clash with the TED or the background curtains, all those things. Don't wear anything with a small pattern because if you move around, it will cause like a moray pattern to form on camera. Don't do small prints. So basically I left myself two outfits in my entire, entire closet. One was a blue dress and one was a very similar pink dress with kind of a a sunbursty ruching to it. Um, But I picked the blue because I felt that that would be a very strong, vibrant color on stage. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a good choice. And Um, side
1: note... The color yeah. blue helps with communication. No, just energy, energy oh, wise, and it links up with your throat chakra, Ooh. which helps with a commanding like for anyone who speaks sometimes you'll notice they're wearing a lot of blue when Mm. they speak it's a very good color to have I didn't tell you this (laughs) at the time but it's a very good color for public speaking oh
0: interesting interesting I made that choice all all by myself too yes nice thank you that's awesome makes Mm -hmm. me feel even better by and I did get good compliments because Natalie did say to me you wore the most TED talk outfit they, yes. they, they make it want they, they do say make it casual like you just you know showed up at a retreat but i took it a little more professional because yeah. all my less formal things wouldn't have worked on stage so
1: you showed the f up
0: i did you showed
1: up i did yeah.
0: and i'll tell you what when i when they said okay uh three two one clap and they clapped or one they, the producer at that point clapped and i just stood there going uh what's my first line uh, but no, I, I finally got rolling, and I had a couple of missteps where I completely forgot like the next section, like that one word I needed to to yeah. start me up. And finally, I hit it, and the first one went well, but not as emotional. I really thought I was going to have a lot more emotional at the end, and this so it gave us like ten minutes in between takes. I did the second round, completely missed a section, like the most important thing I wanted to say is in the first take but not the second take Mm. and then um but there was a section i completely inverted and put the wording all in the wrong places in the first take that i i nailed on the second take and then at the very end knowing that it was the last one just like this was it and then the emotions got really really felt in the second the end so i thought that went well and then i asked how it was and i i gave my pointers of what i remembered, and i i basically stayed the rest of the day I stayed there. I wanted to be with everybody. I wanted to enjoy the whole day experience. And I watched the the last three speakers go. I met one of the speakers' family and they were all lovely and we're actually still in communication. And uh just I just wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to like kind of see it through, see it to the end. I even yeah, helped take it all in. Yeah, take it all in. I even helped take down the TEDx stage. Because they had to vacate the cinema. (laughs) And so I figured, I said, do you want me to help you? I'm here. I'll help. And they were taking all their equipment out. But you have to take all these letters off. All these letters are individual letters. So I took the big S for NC State, right? So I took the big S. And they're like, oh, Savannah, you want to take that with you? I said, well, it is an S. I probably should put it in my car. And uh, then I took the D all by myself. And that thing was probably 40 pounds. You didn't take
1: it with you. You No,
0: no. I took it to the back of the theater uh right, to, to, yeah <laughs> i would have i totally would have taken that s and put it in his office i took the mm-hmm. d and they're like oh my god how are you doing that in heels i'm like eh, just do so, mm-hmm. so so i took the d by myself and then helped assist take the e out as well so they were done in 10 minutes with the breakdown and oh what I got to you take
1: grabbed the-, the s the e and the x was, get it sex. oh i
0: got it I wanted to. I even said that joke.
1: You wanted (laughs) it bad?
0: (laughs) Yes, I wanted the sex (laughs) bad. Um, I even took the red dot. The red dot is like a piece of carpet. And they rolled it up, and I took that with with me out to the uh, loading dock. And I got this beautiful, I don't know if you've seen it, but I got this while I was doing my talk. In between, they took like candid pictures. We did an interview for Instagram like with four questions that they recorded. And they took one of the candid's, printed it, and put it in a, a lovely frame for me as a, like a parting gift, like a little swag bag. Yeah. So even now, I have you showed
1: a, it to me. That's, yeah. That's everything. That's it was, everything. It's it's recognition that this wasn't all just a crazy dream. <laughs> it's,
0: it's true. <laughs> it was great. It was. Um, and now, with all this, it's we're still in play. We're still now. I'm waiting for the the final product to see what that looks like. Um, I'm waiting for the release date, the watch party and the Q&A, and when they're going to release it out to their TEDx affiliate site uh, for NC State. And then it goes into an approval process to go up to ted.com to see if they accept it and get that on their site. So yeah, a lot of things to come. An amazing experience. I'm so happy to have done it. I'm so happy to bring a voice to others. Like you said, at the top of this conversation, it's like, I did it to let people know it can be done, to let cross dressers know they're not alone, um, to humanize us, to normalize us. I mean, that's the end goal, right? It's to make sure that people are aware. It's like, wow, there's a guy in a dress, quote unquote, on stage talking about cross-dressing in his art form and being afraid, but being an advocate and, and being empowered and being a resource in that you you can be that, too, if you choose to and be out in the world and uh, everything. And it's just
1: it's it's for me, I I come back to a a lot of I often come back to the word respect. Any time we can showcase cross-dressing in a way that commands respect is so important to me. Mm. And because there's there's barely anything out there. You know, often cross-dressers are seen in such kind of a, a cheapened or highly sexualized light. And you and I, in this podcast, we're trying to deconstruct that. And we're trying to shed some light in a loving and kind and profound way. And going on a TED Talk, dressing like you did, rehearsing like you did, being so thoughtful about the whole process and then doing the thing and then waiting patiently for it to come out into the universe. And then once it does, I mean, it's once again, it's another big win for you and I when it comes to our mission in life. And that's to put cross-dressing in a light and in a way that commands respect and that teaches people. So I'm so proud of you. And I really feel like I was very closely connected with you the entire journey. I'm I mean, it's safe to say at this point in our relationship, I, you were definitely one of my best friends. Mm. And when your souls are connected with someone on a kind of a best friend level, you're in it with them. You're emotionally in it with them. So the exhaustion, the pain, the vulnerability, all of, all of those things I felt too, I felt too with you. And I really appreciate you letting me in and being with you on this journey. I know that it's been hard at times because when we wanted to connect about podcast things or whatever, (laughs) your heart and your mind and your entire being had to be focused on TEDx stuff. So yeah, there's a little girl inside me that's kind of relieved to have my best friend back and i know that you're feeling really fatigued and who knows maybe the the limited amount of time you had to prepare for it is kind of like um getting adjusted to time zones who knows maybe it'll take you that amount of time to like adjust and fully feel rested i have no idea
0: maybe but But i do know
1: that no matter what once you've kind of come full circle with this you and I have this final product to just marvel in and, and celebrate forever. Yeah. This accomplishment. And I'm I'm again so proud and I love you so much. And
0: oh thank you.
1: Yeah. You did well, it. You did the you. thing.
0: Thank you. And like I said, what was the two words on my dream board?
1: Household name.
0: Yeah. You and I have talked about like, oh my God, that could be another TED Talk. Jennifer Meyer and I was said, wow, that could be a whole other TED talk. It's like, you know, right. these other adjuncts that got taken away from the script because of time or relevancy or whatever. Um, that just it made it better, but we lost some things that could be their own talks all together right. by themselves. And that's now one of my next goals. Is like, All right,
1: but can you wait a couple butts? I want my best friend back, please. Yes, Just absolutely.
0: Wait a well, I will let you know okay. that typically they don't prefer that you do more than one talk a season or a year. So yes, we yes. have some time I mean. before.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm so sorry. Yes, wait, yes, score. Oh, I mean, oh, how do you feel man, about that? Man. Don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How do you, I I mean,
1: me feel about that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was very sad. And you actually were the more wonderful person because I was like, okay, all right. That was Saturday. I'm going to stay the night. So I'm well rested. I'll come back in the morning and we can still podcast. And you're like, stop.
1: No way. I wouldn't let you.
0: Yeah, you won't let me. And that was you being mindful and being part of my journey and even though your little girl was like, I want my friend back and I want a Mm -hmm. podcast on Sunday. And we both knew that it just wouldn't be what it needs to be for us to be us.
1: Speaking of us, can I please Mm. give a special PSA to the woman in your life that has been your biggest cheerleader, the one who has soaked in every fiber of this. And her name starts with a Jew and her name, not like Jewish, but like (laughs) jew and ends with the and that is judy okay yes, let's give absolutely. her a round of applause yes that is such a testament to a solid relationship when you're able to just experience this kind of intensity with someone i mean and go along this journey 24 i mean my husband ran a marathon with team in training and so i know what it's like to kind of go on the journey. I was even talking to Judy about this, going on the journey with someone in such an intense way with the training and the build up for the Chicago Marathon and all that. The partner, the significant other goes on that journey with you. I love you and we're free. We're free. God damn it. We're free. <laughs> Not enough. We have a whole year, Judy, a whole year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she, I will say that she was, she knew what I needed to get done. She yeah. gave me the space when I needed it. She gave me the support when I needed it. She listened to the speech when I was trying to memorize it in front of her and get her opinion. She did without me on those two weekends. She knew I had to race home to be on a call with Kristen to go over the speech a bunch of times uh, or be on these these Zoom calls or be on a call with Jennifer. So she knew I'd race home and she'd have a sandwich waiting for me and I'd mm-hmm. <laughs> come in the office and, and do work. So... She was there for me, and also, be, by being there, or by being a part of it, she knew when to take that step back and give me the space I needed. Versus, you know, coming forward to have support and solidarity. I was so focused on the product so yeah. sometimes you lose sight of the person there, you know, ready to catch you when you're I mean, when you're she fatiguing. Is
1: an, an example, and I know I haven't gushed about this yet but she is such one of those examples of a cross-dresser significant other that is such she loves you so much and I'm so thankful that you have someone who loves you that much to share this world with because as we know not everyone has that and I think when you've been with someone for seven years and you live with them and you see them day and day and they become your best friend and life partner it's easy to lose sight of the fact of what you have and what you have is a magnificent beautiful woman that loves you she loves chuck she loves savannah and i believe that you wouldn't be standing here having given a ted talk had it not been for her Mm. so i just want to give a huge Valentine love fest to your significant <laughs> other because she is everything in
0: my book. No. Oh, and and let's take it one step further because it's one thing too, she loves Chuck and she loves Savannah, but this is a whole different world. It is. This is like saying, okay, wait, so I love Chuck and I love Savannah, but now you have this whole other job as advocate and author and podcaster and it's is right. kind of like a whole it's, it's next level stuff
1: it is
0: she's she's dealing with the personalities as well as this mission
1: and she the, wants you to shine yeah and that's why this has worked for as long as it has she wants you to shine
0: yeah yeah and
1: she wants your dreams to come true and I'm sure that she missed you like I did when you were really focusing but she knew that eventually you'd come back and she loves you yeah and i know i I know how much you love her very much so yeah i'm so happy for you both to have each other and and she shares this victory with you
0: she does absolutely she does and and i definitely love sharing it with her and you know as soon as i got out of that that day you know, after the last speaker, and we, we moved the letters to the back of the theater, and she was like my first call. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh my God, this is what's happening. All blah, blah, blah. Guess who I met? And, you know, just like bask in it a little. Yep. And then it was on to a char grill. Apparently, it's a Raleigh, North Carolina staple. Uh, and diner. you had
1: a burger and fries and a soda. I remember that. Oh,
0: I did. But our listeners do not. It was a half pound bacon cheeseburger
1: Mm. fries
0: in a soda, a diet soda, of course. Yes, of course. (laughs) Because, you know, a half pound of meat can be completely negated by a diet soda.
1: I mean, thank you to that. If if that bacon cheeseburger fell to heaven anywhere near your tushy cheeks, Mm. like is a contributor. Thank you. That's you know, true. like when people gain a little weight, sometimes it goes to their face, sometimes it goes to the belly. I can only wish and hope and dream that that calories and that fat from the cheeseburger went directly, directly into that beautiful rump. Do people still call it that? Well, I
0: will. You, you, romp. welcome to it.
1: Tushy cheeks of the gods, <laughs> chiseled. Okay.
0: Thank you, I appreciate that. Hey, if well, it, they can't the can people
1: can see me. I'm holding my hands
0: <laughs> in a very rounded fashion. Yes, in a very
1: rounded fashion, and I've suddenly forgot what we're talking about today.
0: But, but, but her fingers are like kind of squeezing for some reason. They I... are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: They are. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry.
0: Take a bite out of crime. Take a it's bite out good. of that ass. Mm, 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 mm. Well, I appreciate you so much for listening to my tale. It was amazing. I will love to do it again. I love the fact that I now have this kind of line of of thought in the script mm. that I can kind of take out to the world in different ways. Yeah, it was just once it's done, and you can look back and and just like, wow, I did that. Did. And I'm in that. I'm in that now, and I know it's. Like I said it's going to keep coming as. That, you know the finished product comes out and we have the q a and, and it gets picked up by Can we have a
1: party like could we, we absolutely like,
0: should have a party
1: a, a zoom party with me you and judy and like you get chinese food i get chinese food we watch it on yeah that'd be awesome zones.
0: yeah i mean i'm not sure i mean because i know i i get to see like a, a like the finished product before the watch party so yeah we definitely should make a like a little group party out of it. That'd be cool.
1: Because you've definitely been leaving some cryptic teasers <laughs> on Facebook, which is really getting the, it's getting everyone real thirsty. There's mm-hmm. a lot of thirsty ladies that are just like, where are you going? Like you've been just leaving these black and white photos. And I think you've been quoting the matrix and being just very like <laughs> cryptic. And you a lot love of X's. it. Yes,
0: of course.
1: Right. I'm wondering how many people figured it out. And if so, let's just pray that we can just let them know sooner than later. we will.
0: Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the the release for sure. And that'll be like a huge moment too. But,
1: but thank you for sharing and for reliving this amazing, amazing milestone in your life. I know I can speak for everyone listening that we were so proud of you. Thank you. And also to any listener that ever has dreamt of giving a Ted talk, you can do it you can absolutely do it you have a story to tell and a powerful one at that and i know i can speak for savannah when i say go for it
0: yeah so you can do that's what i did i went for it and uh surprised by the results surprised by how quickly it got picked up the story and me yeah. and the only way to really fail is to never try so i tried
1: yeah, I tell my daughter that whenever she assumes someone's going to respond a certain way, I always say, well, if you don't ask, it's definitely a no. Yeah. Like it's definitely a no.
0: Right, right.
1: So, yeah, just show up, ask, take that first action step. And yeah, if this podcast was inspiring and you feel like it's something that you want others to hear, please share Give us a fabulous. What is it? A rating?
0: A rating. Yeah, for five stars or in sharing it and liking Just it.
1: Brag about us. Just talk about us behind our backs. Like we want Exactly,
0: it. but only in a good way.
1: Right. Only, of
0: course, um, like
1: in the best way. Right. So, the lovely Savannah, thank you so much for sharing this day with me.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being there all the steps of the way. I appreciate everybody who put up with me. I appreciate Judy for putting life aside a little bit. to uh, Let me get done what we need to get done, knowing it's for the greater good. Uh, yep. Yeah. So that's all good.
1: Sending you so much love. I love you, best friend.
0: Love you, best friend.
1: Let me tell we you about a- my best friend. Do-do-do. We need a necklace.
0: We do. like those Like those half and half necklaces. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 we can go.
1: discuss it off air. There we go. <laughs> but to everyone, I would like to say, we'd both like to say goodbye for now.
0: Until next time. And I wanted to give a special shout out to the TEDx North Carolina State team, including Natalie, Ryan, Nalea, Kelsey, Keegan, Bills, Lars, and all the rest. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. Also wanted to thank Jennifer Myers, TEDx speaker and my ideation specialist who got me started on this journey in terms of getting me prepped and ready and get my submissions up to snuff and um, doing the heavy lifting for me so that I could excel where, where I'm needed most. And to Kristen Pelgren, trainer and head of sales and office support at Dell Carnegie Training of Central and Eastern North Carolina, who was an amazing collaborator with me to polish up my work and my script and just be an amazing mentor and friend to me. And last but not least, thank you for Julie for letting me have time off for the podcast and to Judy for being the behind the scenes, knowing when to give me support, knowing when to give me space and knowing when to give me love. All right. Thank you so much. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com.
1: And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com.
0: Julie, it's your moment. <laughs>
1: The Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor, copyright 2021. Yes,
0: nailed it. We would love to hear from you because your story matters. Please comment and share on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix podcast underscore.